0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fitness Canner Podcast, episode number thirty-six to be exact. I am joined today with strength and conditioning coach Rob Van Valkenburg. Which, by the way, Rob, I think you win an award for having the most badass name on the show. <laughs>
1: because, <laughs> hey man, you podcast, say that I'm still learning how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, so, man. It's
0: awesome! I love it. <laughs> um, so. As everybody knows now, I I do a ton of hashtag searches on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to find interests uh, that stick out to me and specifically strength, conditioning, fitness, health and wellness. So uh, Rob and I linked up on uh, Twitter, I believe it was, and uh, we talked a little bit before the show and it seemed that our our values aligned and I thought he'd be a great asset to everybody especially especially in the athletic environment, dealing with uh, youth athletes. But I'll let him talk a little bit more about that. So, Rob, again, thanks for joining us. And tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got into the field.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, first off, you know, thank you for having me. i uh, fired up to talk to you today. Let's see. So my background um, was always an athlete growing up. Uh I was a 190-pound slow defensive tackle in high school playing college ball wasn't really an option for me so as I got into college it was it was really just a search for you know how am I going to stay involved in in athletics and being being that I was I was never the biggest or the fastest I always was able to have an edge because of what I was able to do in the weight room so as I got into college I got into sports performance and I got into strength conditioning and, and really just fell in love with it so Right after school, I, I was lucky enough to land an internship over at the University of Colorado, which led to another internship out at the Athletes' Performance Institute in Los Angeles, which is now called EXOS. I'm sure most people are familiar with with what they do. They do yep. a phenomenal job. And then from there, I kind of bounced around the country a little bit. I went, I went out to Chicago, and I ran their NFL Combine Prep Program at a gym called EFT Sports Performance. Uh ran that for about two years, did their pro off-season training. And we also had a, a multitude of, of high school athletes. I think in the two years, we sent over a 100 kids to, to the Division one level to play sports, you know, from all sports. So it was kind of a great opportunity as a young coach to be thrown into the fire and kind of figure some things out. And then, you know, from there, just like, just like most coaches in this profession, I jumped around the country. And, and really my goal was I wanted to learn from the best coaches out there and allow myself to, to really develop as a coach, um from a wide spectrum of, of athletic development. And I think, you know, the mentors that I was able to have and the place that I was able to be at have really, have really molded me into, uh, into, as like to say, a well-rounded coach who can who can see most athletes uh, from all ages and be able to uh, assess their needs and, and give them a good, well-rounded program. So what you
0: hit on something when we first spoke about, you know, working with young athletes and building foundations. What does a solid foundation for a young athlete look like to you, and what do you expect from uh, them to gain gain from that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So – you know with a young athlete, and what I consider a young athlete is is anybody who's eighth, ninth, or tenth grade um or has a training age of zero to one years, So you could be a twelfth grader, but if your first experience in the weight room is when you're in twelfth grade, you're at a zero training age. So what we look at for a good foundation is really movement competency. So does the athlete have the ability to squat with his with his knees tracing over his toes? A good posture, a nice upright chest. does the athlete have the the competency to have a proper hip hinge? you know can they control their body weight in terms of relative strength with pull ups, push ups, those type of movements? and then once they've got that foundation, you know you can start then beginning to apply your your absolute strength work.
0: right, and that makes total sense because how and we talked about this before. How would you expect someone to bench press if someone can't do a push-up properly, right? I mean, everything exactly. has to sync up and line together it needs to be progression. So can you talk a little bit about what that progression looks like from from a, a standpoint of, let's say, someone who might be going, might have a future
1: in uh, college athletics? You know, really, if you're looking at it from, from a standpoint of building up long-term athletic development, you really want to start with your movement competency. So... Does the athlete have the ability to work through a full range of motion? Um, regardless of the lift, are they able to, to move through it with just body weight? And then you can begin to add implements. So let's say we're doing, doing, let's say, a squat movement. You start with a body weight squat or a TRX squat or something where they're unloaded. And then once they gain competency with that, then you can begin to add an external load. So typically what I'll do is I'll move from a body weight squat to a goblet squat, then to a front squat, and once they've gained competency with a front squat, then we'll put a bar on the back and allow them to really kind of get after it with, with your more advanced lifts like a back squat. And if sure. you, if you build them up like that, you're going to have an athlete that has a, has a much higher ceiling because you've built the base so wide. And, and that can be applied for all lifts. And really what, what we see is athletes don't have that base. You know, if, With my experience being in both the collegiate setting and the the high school setting, um, as well as the private sector, you know, you see athletes that come in and and day one of ninth grade, they walk into a weight room and coach gives them a program that's squat, bench, deadlift, and that's what you do. And that's how you get these athletes who are 13, 14, 15, they can't touch their toes, they've got back problems, their shoulders are rounded over, Nowadays, kids already have a sedentary lifestyle, and then if you add that external load right away without building that foundation, uh, a kid's just not going to have that, that long-term athletic development.
0: So what does somebody do when an athlete like that comes into the weight room and you automatically see that an athlete has maybe not been properly trained? Because obviously, you know, a, a football coach or a, a, a phys ed teacher in a in high school setting those demands are placed on them on top of everything else they have to do. And, you know, if your focus is a football coach, and I'm sure you can speak to this, then your secondary thought is probably strength training, right? So from what they know, they're going to say, okay, here's, here's what I think an athlete should do. They should be able to, like you said, bench, squat, deadlift. I'm just going to set this up, show them a couple times, and then they're going to have at it. And then those students teach other students in proper form. So how do you correct those bad habits when you start seeing them?
1: First and foremost, I think one of the hardest jobs in the world is to be a high school weight room coach because you've got yourself nine, you've got yourself ninety kids who are all at different right. developmental ages. You're most likely you're a you're a football teacher who coaches, you're, you're <laughs> a football coach who <laughs> teaches, teaches teaches math class and coaches track as well, and now you're asked to put together these programs for. For you know, 90 plus kids, and the hardest age group to coach is your young athletes, is your freshman, sophomore, junior athletes who just don't have exposure to these high school weight rooms and uh, proper lifting techniques. So, when we get a kid that comes to us, and you say, okay, this kid was just thrown to the thrown into the fire, he's got rounded shoulders, he's got no posterior chain, uh, he's got knee pain got back pain. If you ask him to do a just a standing toe touch, he's not going to be able to get all the way down. So really the first thing that you've got to do is you've got to educate that kid on what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. These kids, what they like to do is they like to walk into the weight room and get after it. But like right. when you right. get when you get a kid in this situation, you've really got to pull the reins back, and the program might be boring for them, but if you're able to educate them on, hey, this is why your knees hurt. This is why your low back hurts. And here's what we're going to do to fix it. Then you can really start to begin to build a program that's going to correct it. And then once you've got the kid that, that buys into what you're going to do, really I believe in starting it with mobility. I always use a functional movement screen to kind of allow myself to, to see exactly what's going on with the athlete. And then from there, you know, we'll build a program uh, now, corrective exercises is kind of the hot hot term now um, we'll give him some corrective exercises that a lot of times are gonna attack that hip complex of his adductors of his glutes of his thoracic spine that are really limiting his motion and then once we get that built up and he's able to begin to to move naturally and you start seeing the postural change in him, um, then you start building up that external load and and once you do that, man, if you've got a kid who Who's had so many movement problems and has seen so much pain that once you, once you get them moving right and lifting weights the right way, uh, you're going to get a completely different person. You're going to get a completely different athlete.
0: Well, and that's going to transfer directly to their sport of choice too, right? I mean, it, all of a sudden, if it, if they're in a three point stance, for instance, and they're having problems, you know, dropping their hips and keeping their chest up, and all of a sudden they can do that, and that makes them a better a better athlete on the field. Then
1: that's a win win. Yeah, no question. You know, the uh the thing of it is 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 no matter what sport you play, every athletic sport is movement based. Right? Like yeah. Buddy Morris, the head strength coach for the Arizona Cardinals, has got the famous quote If you can't move, you can't help us. Right? So yeah. you can walk in any in any collegiate weight room and I've coached in him, you can walk in any collegiate weight room and the strongest guy on the team, chances are he's never gonna play. Right? Because he right. can't move. He, he can move weight. He's strong gonna look great on the highlight reel in the weight room, but if you ask him to play with leverage, ask him to get down and like you said a three point stance or be able to uh to cut, absorb force and fire out rapidly, they're just not gonna be able to do it without having that that proper range of motion, that proper joint stability and uh that proper mobility.
0: So let's say now you've got that that ideal athlete that that is bought into your program. And we touched on this a little bit and I'll let you speak to it, but how do you, since you've educated that part uh, of one aspect, how do you educate the parent?
1: Yeah, so um, just like we talked about educating the athlete, it's just as important to educate the parent because every single kid, their parent looks at him and says, I got a first round. No question. Right. And the, these parents, they, they mean so well, but a lot of times they push so hard that you've got to kind of, sit back and talk to him and say, hey, I've got your kids for four hours a week. Now, in these four hours, we're going to do a lot of work, and we're going to correct a lot of things. But if in the if in the other seven days of the week when he's not with me, if he's not doing his correctives when he's home, if he's not eating right, um, then what we're doing is pointless. And so you've really got to work with the parents, and, and a lot of times it's, you know, the brothers, the sisters, their club coach, the other influencers with these athletes, you've got to work with them to, to educate them on, hey, I'm here to help this kid. Here's what mm-hmm. we're doing here's here's why we're doing it, and here's what you should expect to see and and once you've get the kid bought in and you get the parent bought in, then it's like you got yourself an assistant coaches with the kid all the time. Uh, wow, a really good know, way to put it and and we see it with with all the athletes that we've got if if you get a parent bought in then the parent's going to make sure that the kid's eating right. The parent's right. going to make sure that if you've got a kid who, who's who got to do extra work at home, the parent's going to make sure that it happens. Because, I mean, a lot of times when I was that way at, at 14, if I got extra work, I'm probably going to do it two days a week, right? I'm not going to do it right. every day like I'm supposed to. If you've got another parent who's riding them and holding them accountable, then, uh, then you're really going to see a lot more of a performance improvement.
0: And I, I really like what you said about how you got like an assistant coach with them all the time. That's, uh, I think, I think they, a, a parent might see themselves as a head coach. You give them something to, like, look, well, here are the expectations. Here's what we're going to do. And here's what you need. Here's what we need from you. And so you build that relationship with them, which is huge because you have a relationship with the, the student and then their parent becomes part of that relationship and it's crucial. Um, now Absolutely. I haven't trained as many athletes as you, but the ones I have trained, I've seen, I've seen one thing or the other. I've seen a parent like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to know anything. Just do what you have to do with them and that's it. And I've seen the opposite side where, which is, which is great to a certain point, but you want a little involvement. But then I've seen the opposite side where it's like, Hey, uh, yeah, I watched your workout and I noticed that uh, you didn't do any, uh, you didn't do any Olympic lifting. How come? You know, you should, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. And then it's kind of the breakdown method of explaining your philosophy and principles. And do you, do you have any tips uh, to maybe help some other coaches that are that are dealing with those kind of parents that might not know exactly what to say or do? Do you have any advice
1: for them? Absolutely, man. And it's uh, it, it's always tough, right? You get, like you said, there's two types of parents. There's the hands-off parent, and then there's that overbearing parent who knows everything. Um and it's about kind of meeting that parent where they are. If you've got a parent who is just, here's my kid, take him, fix him, I don't want to hear about it, then you've got to kind of figure out, you know, what what's the motivation for this parent? Number one, they want what's best for their kid. Number two, they're probably spending a lot of money to send their kid to you. So what I've done in the past is, hey, you know, I'm, I've been working with little Ricky for for you know the last couple of weeks, and you know we're seeing some good improvements. But to be honest with you, if, if he's not doing his extra needs work at home, it's kind of a waste of money,
0: right? I, yeah. I love
1: working with, him, but you're kind of wasting your money if this kid's not if this kid's not doing what he needs to do at home. So hey, would you mind just just making sure that that every night he does this wall stretch series? And then when if with that overbearing parent, a lot of times that's an educational process with the parent. Like I've had a kid. Just last month, kid's got a torn ACL. He's five months post surgery, and we're just getting him back into into a little bit of lateral movement. So the dad Uh-oh. comes and watches. Dad comes and watches the session, and you know when you can kind of look over and you see that dad's eyes just beating down on you. And yep. so after the session, the dad comes storming over. He's like, "There was no explosive work in this workout." And that's when it becomes a uh, okay. Here's where your kid is at. Here's what we can do. I can do that explosive stuff, but I'm going to cause more harm than good. And, you know, it's finding a way to connect with that parent on here's why I'm doing it. Here's the steps that I'm taking. And a lot of times, I've had times where I've told the parent, hey, when we're doing the workout, you can't be in here and watch. This is this kid. And and I don't don't tell it to the parent like that. I'll, I'll tell it to the parent that, hey, you know, I want him to take ownership and accountability over everything that he's doing. So right. when he comes in here, just like as if he was off at the college level that he's getting ready to go play at, you're not going to be there. So he needs to be in here so he can experience how to work with the coach without you watching. And then kind of come at it from that angle, and that's going to get the parent to kind of step back. And uh, and once uh you, once you tell the parent that, hey, you want this kid to take ownership and accountability, that's what every parent wants, whether the kid's an athlete or not. It's just part of the growing up process. And so – just uh, Inform the parent on, hey, this uh, it's going to be me and him in here. You can wait in the car. You can go do whatever you want, but this is going to be our time.
0: Yeah, and that's solid. That's some solid advice too. Meeting the parent where they are, just like you meet the, the student athlete or the athlete in general where they are, and um, and as as the relationship progresses, then that's where you that's where the most benefit comes from. So that's some pretty solid advice. Um, Another thing I really want to talk about is a website so I mean it's yep. not like you're going to uh coachband dot com but it's FootballStrengthCoach.com. dot com Can you talk a little bit more about um what's involved with your everyday process
1: yeah, absolutely so for me um in november i had a had a private facility that I wound up rolling into a a large national company which in November was bought out by by a medical group and when they bought it out, they they began to eliminate strength and conditioning, which which put me out on the street, uh, which <laughs> <laughs> which I guess they say you're not a real coach till you've been fired. Uh, so yeah. I, I guess now I can consider myself a real coach. Um, but you know I, I was sitting there in, in early November and trying to figure out, you know, hey, what am I going to do that's going to allow me every day to live my passion, and what's going to allow me to have the greatest amount of impact. And so yeah. in looking at and looking at you know what's an area that really needs what really needs help and and being from being a guy who's, i've coached in, I've coached in the division one level i've uh I've worked in the private sector in some of the top gyms and I'm looking at it and it's like okay, these high school strength conditioning programs they need help, and it's a field that's that's improving rapidly with uh, the foundation of the national high school strength conditioning association and a lot of these uh a lot of strength coaches are kind of coming together to to help educate um, football coaches and other strength coaches that that work at the high school level on you know proper implementation. So I went ahead and I uh, I launched footballstrengthcoach.com and in there I work with with high school football teams and I I primarily work with you know rural schools schools that are in the inner city or schools that don't have a large budget. That can't bring in an outside strength coach or don't have the money to, uh, to get one of their, one of their assistants certified and pay them a little bit extra stipend to run a strength program. So what I do is I provide these high schools with, uh, strength conditioning programs that are, I have three tiers to my program. I have a developmental phase, which is for your younger athletes, your ninth, your tenth grade athletes, or those ones that are, uh, zero to one year in the weight room. Then I've got an advanced, strength conditioning program, which is for more of your varsity athletes or your your studs or guys who have great movement competency, and then I provide them with um, a multi-sport program, which if you are a football player and that's your primary sport, but you also play basketball and you run track, how do you keep this kid progressing strength-wise so that when it comes time for your summer program, he's, he can hit the ground running? So I work with these coaches. I do each school. I'll do a three-day in-service with them where I'm I'm with their coaches for two days and I'm with their athletes for one and i I work with them hands on on okay hey this is how you guys are going to teach a squat this is how we're going to progress a kid to get from day one to where he can do a power clean and so working with these high school programs they get a they get a new program or a new cycle every month um, that's hundred percent customized to equipment they've got available uh, their needs if they have just forty five minutes or if they can work a full hour um, and then also with what kind of their goals are you know with football energy system development is so important that it's got to fit your offensive scheme so if you've got a a team that runs a runs a wing T and they don't they run a play every 45 to 60 seconds their energy system is going to be different than a team that runs say a nascar offense and they're snapping the ball every 25 seconds so working with them to give them a an upgraded strength conditioning program and uh Man, it it was one of those things that when you're looking back at it, and it's a great quote I got from Gary Vaynerchuk of, don't focus on how much money you make, focus on how you make your money. And it's one of those things that, that allows me to kind of live my passion and, and have a great influence with, over a large number of athletes.
0: I had no idea you were a Gary V fan. We should have talked about that some more.
1: Oh my God, I love Gary V. That's
0: awesome. I'm a huge Gary V fan. Yeah, do, do what you love and forget everything else. Focus on your strengths and forget exactly. everything else. And I think that I mean what that that's why I wanted to bring that up because what you're doing with that is, is so awesome. And what, what I know you don't want all the attention, uh no coach does, but what that program is doing for the kids involved and families involved is so impactful. And strength and sports should be available to everyone and and it shouldn't be, you know, limited to the schools that have the money and have the the uh, the access to it unlimited access to it because the athlete has the opportunity to play and in order for them to play they need to get strong and strength leads to every other aspect of a kid's life and I think that absolutely uh, that goes that goes a long way man um, and I, I applaud you for it and I think uh, a lot of people and especially a lot of coaches can can also respect that. Uh, I know you got some other stuff going on today, and I really appreciate taking the time to educate people and let people know uh, what you're all about and stress the importance of strength training, Rob. So, uh, Coach, I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon, okay?
1: All right, man. Thank you very much. Good chatting with you.